brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. Good morning. We're in week seven of the school year and we're off to a great start. I sat down with Monroe County Superintendent, Dr. Mike Hickman, to get his thoughts on the start of school, the new athletic event protocols, and a big award for the district. Dr. Hickman, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're excited to have you. Now, we've been in school for about seven weeks now. What are your thoughts about the first few weeks of school? I'm really excited about the start of our school year. I think everything's uh, started in a good way. Uh, it seems like as far as COVID, uh, we've had less cases, uh, more kids in school than probably the last two years combined, uh, more staff in school than the past two years as far as uh, absences. So, so far, uh, we've been blessed and we're proud of the start to the school year. I think the kids are engaged. I think the kids are learning. And honestly, I think everyone's glad to be back more in a normal school setting right now. You know, visiting some of the schools, it's so exciting to see all the kids in the classroom, volunteers in the classroom, events happening at night. And I know that makes you feel good as well. Right? Well, that's that's part of what a school, what makes our school system great is the things that engage our kids outside of the classroom many times, whether it be uh, all pro dads at KB Sutton, football games, uh, volunteers in the buildings. Uh, I think when the community and our parents can all be involved with the things that we're doing every day in the schools, it makes for a better situation for our kids and honestly for the adults as well. Now we know we have a great system and we went through a process last year that we talked about on the show, our Cognia accreditation review. And not only do we think we have a great system, the Cognia team thinks so too. And if I remember right, we are getting a special distinction because of our results. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, we have been notified uh, from Cognia um, and that they uh, accredit schools and universities and educational facilities all across the world. And in the state of Georgia, we are being recognized as one of the four systems of distinction. And basically there is a rubric that's scored uh, on a scale of zero to 400. I think it goes up to 400 and we scored in the top four scores in the state of Georgia. So that just speaks to the, the level of professionalism uh, for our teachers, for our leaders, uh, for our kids. Uh, because when Cognia comes in and does their review, they actually, uh, unlike when we do teacher evaluations, when we're looking at lesson plans and we're looking at artifacts, when they come in, they're only looking at children. They're looking at children's engagement, the questions they're asking, are they learning? And so it speaks to uh, our teachers and their ability to instruct in a way that covers all the instructional strategies that kids need to learn. So we're extremely proud. I think, uh, I think the other systems that I know are getting the award, I think uh, Cherokee County, uh, and I think Walton County is the other. I'm not sure about the fourth, but we're, we're happy uh, to be, excuse me, that was Forsyth County and uh, Cherokee County. I'm not sure about the fourth, but we're happy to be one of those. Uh, you know, I think the thanks goes out to 
our children and, and, our, and our instructional staff. Now, to keep that staff inspired and on the right path for another strong year, you did something a little different this year at the start of the year, and you brought in a very well-known football player, children's book author, Malcolm Mitchell, to share his story. How do you think that went? I think it was awesome. Uh, we have been working uh, as far as a system focus um, over the past year, and because of some of the things that our kids were missing from being out of school over the past two years, we had noticed that some of our literacy scores, our reading scores had gone down. And uh, we felt this was a great opportunity to uh, build upon um, our work with literacy. And we had the motto of building champs through literacy. And that was uh, how we had Malcolm come in. And uh, it just, honestly, uh, our staff was really inspired by his story. And he's an author, a poet, a uh, Super Bowl champion all SEC player at University of Georgia and his story is quite uh, dramatic and uh, he has a way to tell that story to inspire adults and also children we also we had him come in for convocation to speak to the staff we also had him come back in the evening to speak to our kids and the community and I think he was very instrumental in uh, raising the awareness of the importance of literacy reading and understanding and how that can lead to a better life for our kids once they've graduated. So we were real happy uh, to book him and get him into Monroe County uh, and promote literacy and get our kids excited about school, reading, uh, writing and listening, those things that make literacy work for children in schools. Well, if you aren't sure about his story, you guys should definitely look it up because it was an amazing experience. Learn more about him. That's Malcolm Mitchell. Now, this year we have had a couple of, we'll call them snags, where we had a few um, social media posts that might have been a little concerning, and we have to take that very seriously as a district. Can you explain to our listeners sort of what you go through when you find out about one of those posts and how we protect our children? Well, uh, good question. Uh, typically, uh, anytime that we have, we feel like there's uh, a safety breach uh, in our system or in one of our schools, obviously we're going to communicate uh, immediately with law enforcement to try to uh, find out what the threat is, uh, try to remove the threat, and do any action that we need to do to protect our staff and students and alert the parents of what's going on. But lately we've been, um, and I, as part of being a parent, um, and a superintendent, I think it's very important to educate adults and children on social media platforms and reposting situations where there may be uh, information that uh, can pose a threat to schools or uh, taking posts or uh, pictures of a post that show weapon and mention threats to a school or other people and a lot of times uh, it's done for amusement and there's really nothing that's, I don't think sometimes children understand when they uh, post something that somebody's put out on the internet that people in the local area are gonna look at that and sometimes they may see it amusing but the things that they're posting can be harmful and can be seen as a threat. 
uh, and pose a risk to the school system and actually can lead to charges in in some cases depending on what is said in the post so I just alert parents to be aware of what your children are viewing and doing on social media at all times most of the things that we have been investigating are happening not during school time but when children are away from school but yet we find out about it in school and then we have to investigate it which we always do because we want to do our best to keep everybody safe but that's all the the thing that i would just stress is knowing what kids are doing on social media uh educating them and we're going to work on our end to educate as well mm -hmm. that uh anything that you repost is going to be seen as a post from you okay. even though you didn't author it uh, people are going to see is that's your message and so basically the things that we've dealt with this year revolve around that theme so we're going to work to do better to educate more and I ask the parents grandparents aunts and uncles to help us uh, oversee that make sure our kids are doing things appropriate on the internet and not uh, posting or reposting things that can be seen as a threat all right and with safety in mind just this week Monroe County Schools announced some new safety protocols for our athletic events. Would you like to go over those a little bit with our viewers? Tell them maybe why we did this? Yeah, we've, uh, I think, uh, all across the nation uh, in the last year, there have been a lot of uh, security breaches and things where we've had shootings and things across the nation. And I think all across the state of Georgia, uh, schools are looking to make things safer. Uh, and upping protocols to make sure that uh, venues are safe for fans and participants alike. And so we just put in uh, some protocols that most school systems have put in already uh, to make sure that uh, bags are clear so that we can see when people are coming into the gates at our athletic facilities what they may have in them to make sure that they don't have anything dangerous or weapons that could, they can bring in and cause harm to uh, the fans and the kids. Uh, we've got uh, other things that we're doing as far as making sure uh, appropriate personnel are on the field or the sidelines or in the dugouts uh, during our athletic contest. So we've identified who those approved personnel are and we will be enforcing that at all of our venues. Uh, we will uh, be taking up tickets throughout the game. Typically in the past, uh, well, you actually do it through your tickets through GoFan unless you buy it in advance at one of our banks or other locations. But typically we would shut down ticket sales around halftime or the third quarter. And what we were seeing is a lot of people coming in after that. And sometimes they were causing problems. And so we're just going to remain uh, at our ticket stations throughout the entirety of the game. And we will not allow, which we haven't allowed in the past, uh, once you're inside the gate, there's no, there's no leaving to go back out to uh, another venue or to your vehicle and then come back into the, the athletic venue. Typically in the past, we've seen that uh, where people go back out and get things that probably don't need to be in an uh, athletic venue environment uh, when they're allowed back in once they've been in one time. So we hope that everybody will be understanding. Uh, we want everyone to have a, a fun but safe experience in our athletic venues. Uh, and we ask that everybody work with us to make sure that we can uh, make sure those protocols can work.
and also uh, for everyone to have a fun and exciting time at, at, our, at our games. And these are for all athletic events, correct? All athletic events at all levels. All right, well, if you want to read more about the protocols, visit our website, monroe.k12.ga.us, and you can see exactly what's going on. And that brings me to my final question. Just this summer, we launched a whole new digital platform, which we've told our viewers about, that has new websites and a new app. And I want to know your experience. What do you think about having those tools, and do you use the app regularly? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, we rolled out uh, our new website over the summer and a new application that uh, you can download on your phone. And I think it's really, the website is so, it's, it's user friendly. Uh, you can find things much easier than our other platform. We've got more information uh, and it's strategically placed so that we know the areas that get the most hits, they're going to be up first and they're gonna be there with buttons that you can click and get to quickly. And that's based on our community, parents and kids. And so we're just excited about that. And the app allows us uh, to get information quick out to parents. A lot of times they're not checking email, but a lot of people have their phone. So the messaging comes in uh, you know, automatically once we send something out from the system as we need to get information, safety information, weather information, whatever it may be, out in a uh, in seconds to the community, to parents, and to students. So we're excited. Uh, we'll continue to work on our platform, try to make it better throughout the year, but uh, it is much better, an improvement from years past, and we look forward to uh, communicating better and more proactively with, uh, with our community. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Dr. Hickman. We appreciate it. And guys, you heard it here. Get the app because you're going to have lots of communication coming your way and it'll be the fastest way to get to you. Thank you. To download our app, search Monroe County Schools GA in the Google Play or App Store. Be sure to check your settings to make sure you receive notifications about the schools of your choice. Parent involvement is a key factor to a child's success in the classroom. MPTV's Madison Justice spoke with Dr. Becky Brown about how parents can get involved in their child's education. Hi, my name is Madison Justice. I'm a senior here at Mary Persons High School, and I'm here with Becky Brown. Ms. Brown is the Director of Assessment, CTAE, and Federal Programs at the Monroe County Board of Education. I'm so excited to be able to sit down with her and discuss her role within the Monroe County School System. So when did your involvement with Monroe County School System start? So um, I came to Monroe County back in 2004. Um, I was the assistant principal for curriculum and instruction here at Mary Persons. And then I went to KB Sutton as an assistant principal for several years and then later became principal at KB Sutton for about six years. So I've been in the district about, this is my 15th year mm -hmm. in the district. And when did you start um, your job as the Director of Assessment, CTAE, and Federal Programs? So um, officially I started in June. Um, I did do a few things before then because the previous um, director had retired, so I kind of stepped in and, and did a few of those necessary tasks, um, especially with assessment to get us you know, through the spring. But I started in June and um, I work in different areas like with federal programs, so I assist with um, 
allocating budgets and working with principals to identify what um, our kids need um, to supplement instructional services and um, get them whatever materials they need to help um, with teaching and learning. Um, I assist with CTAE, so I am working with the high school teachers and middle school teachers um, and learning all about the different programs and um, pathways that we offer here um, in Monroe County. And, um, and then lastly, um, oh, assessment. <laughs> so with assessment, um, I primarily assist with developing a schedule, working with our school testing coordinators to implement the assessment schedule. And that can range from things like, um, you know, PSAT to um, end of course assessments, end of grade assessments, you know, G Kids for kindergarten students, Keenville for first and second grade students, so lots of different things. Um, and are finding parent volunteers an area of concern right now? Um, no, we are excited, um, you know, with the COVID and the pandemic things were definitely a little bit different so um, slowly but surely I think we're getting back to a return to normalcy um, but we've had a lot of people um, who have expressed interest in volunteering in our schools and have completed the, the process to do that. And how can parents get involved and complete that process? So um, parents can through Monroe messages or through those uh, weekly emails, there's a slide that you can click on and it, it tells you all the steps that you need to, to complete to become a, a volunteer. Essentially, it's a small training mm -hmm. um, that you do online and then um, you are required to get a background check. So you do have to complete some paperwork, pay a fee um, to get your background check done. And the Monroe County Sheriff's Office helps us with that. Um, what is the process for approving parents like for you on your side? Um, so I think a lot just depends on what the uh, background check, you know, shows. And if there are any issues or concern, then we just address those. Um, but essentially, for me on my end, it's just we just have to make sure that we check each year that that because the background check is good for two years. Mm -hmm. So um, as the parents have to complete the volunteer training every year. So we just have to, to monitor that and, and double check. Um, but, but, but parents get issued a badge each year mm -hmm. um, if they're able to volunteer. So um, it's, it's pretty involved earlier in the year um, as opposed to later in the year. But um, we've had some good numbers. Uh, parents express interest in volunteering, so it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, and why is it important for parents to get involved with volunteering? Well, I mean, we want our families to be engaged um, with our school system. And we know that um, students who are engaged and families who are engaged um, just tend to have a better, you know, overall academic um, and social and emotional experience in schools. So um, there are lots of different ways for folks to get involved. So. Um, at our elementary school level, we, we do tend to see the most involvement at that level, but parents can come in, they can work in classrooms, they can work with students on things like um, learning their letters or learning their numbers, um, you know, rope counting, um, learning um, sight words, um, reading with kids. Uh, that's a big one that um, really helps um, our students to um, achieve and then um, I think as kids get older you see more parent involvement with those extracurricular activities so um, but still there are things that 
um, parents can do in the school building. They just have to reach out to um, their schools to find out how they can help. Mm-hmm. And are there any areas of concern besides extracurriculars within high school needing parent volunteers? Um, extra concerns. Like, so I know that you said that they could primarily move towards like extracurriculars mm-hmm. as the kids get older. Are there any other places that they need help, or is oh, it really? Oh, I'm sure that, um, like, uh, you know, volunteering in our, our media centers mm-hmm. might be a great thing. Um, reaching out to um, teachers to see, um, especially when, um, you know, kids are exploring different types of careers, and y'all spend a lot of time with that. Um, you know, inviting parents in to kind of talk about, you know, what they do. Um, because there's lots of different avenues out there for kids to explore and you know a lot of times I think we just get we might get a little pigeonholed in our vision about what what you can do um, with your life so um, there's that and um, different maybe events that occur inside the school um, that they might be able to assist with I mean you know I think it just depends on you know what the parent um, wants to do and and how they can offer any kind of support our Mary Persons Advanced Drama students are working hard on this year's one-act play. MPTV's Maddie Franklin caught up with drama teacher Holly Spires to learn about this year's play and the annual competition. Good morning, I'm Maddie Franklin and today I'm here with Holly Spires to talk about the one-act play. What is going to be different this year? Well, this year the one-act play competition will be run through my advanced drama class. Uh, that is a class for students who've had at least one year of drama and they have learned the basics, the fundamentals, the history, the terminology. They have auditioned to be in the class. It is a performance-based class so they will have the culmination of all their efforts which will be uh, the play that we perform for our Region 1 Act competition in October. Are you excited? I am very excited. This is one of my favorite plays uh, that I've read recently and um, I'm excited about the actors that are going to perform the roles in this play. I feel like it is perfectly cast and we have uh, a very good chance of winning this year. Are you allowed to tell me what the play is about and what it is yet? Absolutely. The play is called Eurydice. It is based on the Greek myth about Orpheus, who was a musician, and the love of his life, a young girl named Eurydice. How she was a very poor girl, she was an orphan, she struggled in life to the point where uh, she just didn't want to struggle anymore. So when the Lord of the Underworld, Hades, tempts her with food and shelter and comfort and stability uh, down in the Underworld, things that she never had in her life above, she falls for it, literally, into the Underworld. And Orpheus spends his days trying to find a way to rescue her. It's written by modern playwright Sarah Rule. It's beautifully written. It's very poetic, but it's still very accessible to a modern audience as far as the language. It's not too lofty. 
Um, I feel like anyone would understand the story and the characters, and many people would be able to associate with all the characters. Um, there are other characters such as her father, so people who are parents would understand what it's like to be in a place where you miss your child because your child is not there anymore. There are the stones who act as the Greek chorus. They're also very comedic, sometimes very serious. Those are the people that guide you and lead you in life. And then of course the lovers, Orpheus and Eurydice, those are people that struggle to try to maintain a relationship, to stay together, to find each other when they're separated. Uh, then you've got the temptations along the way, and that's Hades. Are you happy with the changes you made with Monax? Absolutely. I feel like this year with this play, it's, it's a different route from a musical. Last year we did Into the Woods which is a Stephen Sondheim musical. Um, we did an excellent job with that. We won region with that. Um, this one is just as uh, well written. It's just as difficult as far as the content because it is, is based in classic mythology. But uh, it's nothing that our students can't, um, can't handle. What do you like about teaching musicals? Well, I enjoy musicals and straight plays. Um, I am a very literary person, so I enjoy um, the reading of the scripts and, and the dissecting and the analyzing. Um, I'm a writer too, privately. It's just for fun. So I'm, I love the written word, um, the poetry that you get more so in a straight play versus a musical, because in a musical, half of the story is told through lyrics and um, bars of music. But there's a part of me that appreciates that as well. I love music, I love to sing, and in musicals you get to dance too. I get to flex my muscles literally with the dance element. So I don't enjoy one more than the other. It's just this year's a different flavor because it's more of the, the poetry and the word and expressing it with your voice and your body and your face. Um, and a little bit less of the, the dance and the song. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm with the stones. Okay. My name's Raven. My name's Raven Collie. <laughs> My name's Jinx. My name's Jayla. What are y'all most excited for about performing? Home? It's my first performance this year, so I'm excited to be able to perform in front of fans and friends and family. Um, and it's really exciting to get to meet the cast and stuff like that. It's like a big family, and it's really fun to do. I don't know. <laughs> I just like following after my sister. Yeah. I just like performing because, well, I mean, it's a chance for me to finally get over that social anxiety. Are y'all nervous? Yes. yes. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, tell me, like, your rule. Like, are you really nervous? I'm not nervous, no. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I'm there, but I'm not fully nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Right on the edge. So, how do y'all plan on getting over your nervousness? <laughs> fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. fake it till you make fake it. Fake it till you make it. It's either that or go out and mess up and stuff like that. So it's like, you gotta fake it until you make it. Now I'm with Hades and the father. 
I'm Carl Knight. I'm Riley Van Boris. So what are y'all most excited for about performing? Um, just seeing all the people, I guess. I'd say having a good performance that the audience will love. Just being able to do something that's really fun. Do you get nervous when you perform? Oh, definitely. Yes, 100%. How do you overcome your nervousness? Breathing exercises. Um, you kind of just have to put yourself out there. Like, you just have to push yourself through that nervous feeling. And as soon as you get on stage and perform, it kind of just goes away and melts because you become a different person, a different character that you're acting through. So you just overcome fear through that. It's a leap of faith. Thank you. Before we go, we have a few reminders to pass along. Homecoming week is right around the corner. Save the date for our annual Merry Persons Homecoming Parade, which is scheduled for Thursday, September 22nd. Friday, September 23rd, Merry Persons will host Columbus for our homecoming game. And then the annual homecoming dance will be Saturday, September 24th. And finally, Sunday, September 25th, you don't want to miss Pam Tillis live in concert at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center. Tickets are on sale now for this special performance. Visit our website, monroe.k12.ga.us, and choose Fine Arts on the homepage. Again, that's monroe.k12.ga.us, and look for Fine Arts. Enjoy the show. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.